Hi, welcome back to the Business Apothecary. I am your host, Rachel Bueller, and I'm here to give you your daily dose of business. I hope that everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving or however they wanted to spend that holiday. I had dinner actually the day before, and then I just kind of hung out at home and slept uh, on actual Thanksgiving, and it was absolutely amazing. (laughs) Um, I was so excited. I hope you guys all liked the episode with my mom. That was very special. It was actually super spare of the moment. So I'm very, very excited. She let me record with her and I was able to hear her aspect um, as, you know, a business owner that didn't necessarily love owning a business. So I thought that that was very, very interesting. And thank you so much for listening to that. Today, I am going to be talking about the who, what, when, where, and whys that I personally ran into when starting my business. And of course, this is a case-by-case basis. Everyone has a very unique process when starting a new business, but I'm hoping that this can either prepare you for what can happen or show you that you're not alone with the questions or mishaps that you may be sitting with. Um... So throughout the course of starting my company, I have had to change my model a few times, whether it be the price, um, how I organize things, personal marketing, and definitely branding quite a few times, actually. (laughs) Um, Understanding that there is more than one way to skin a cat has been super vital and super important to my journey. I have heard a bunch of people say things like, just take any job that comes around, but following through with your niche is absolutely critical, especially if you have a client-based company. So definitely follow your niche. I think that it is also important to be open-minded though. Um, My personal niche that I decided to go with was finding small trade businesses owned by men that do not understand or care how to market their company. (laughs) I have personally learned so much from this niche. I started out with window sales and then I moved into doing uh, steel building sales and I kind of learned a lot about contractors and, you know, carpenters, everything like that through doing sales like that. And I just realized a lot about that industry and how toxic it can be. And it, it just, I did have to change my business model quite a bit after I came to certain realizations, but that's what knocked me into that niche. I just realized how toxic it was and I wanted to clean it up and clear it up and kind of make it a more educational process rather than, you know, getting 50 quotes and then getting scared away from doing a project altogether. So that has also been very different from doing a podcast, but I will definitely get into that. Um, I did have to change how I marketed myself to my potential audience and I had to change how I talked, how I approached contracts. And there was even some changes, not some, there was quite a few changes to my brand and logo. (laughs) Believe it or not, I even had to make some changes to the podcast a little bit um, from the original script, from my original logo, all my colors, everything like that. Um, 
it kind of just switches on a dime, especially after I hired social media marketing. They kind of looked at everything. They cleaned it up for me. They made it made more sense because it does get extremely overwhelming. Um, but firsthand, I am definitely no expert yet. But the keyword is yet. <laughs> um, I think it's about being flexible while staying on task. And I am actually a pretty girly girl. <laughs> I branded everything uh, in my marketing business as such. So everything was pink and marble and gold. Uh, the website was very feminine. And um, on my marketing platforms, everything was just pink and everything like that. It was something that the ideal client for me would most likely not be looking for when they were looking for marketing help. So after I came to, I realized it, it was honestly really hard because in previous episodes, I talk about building your personality for your business and your company. So I built this whole personality for my company that did not fit my clientele. So it was like I had to build a whole new person, a whole new personality for my business. It was, it was hard and it was honestly a little sad. <laughs> So I had to kind of get on top of that. And as I explain also in past episodes, things can get uh, pretty murky pretty quickly if you do not stay organized. Um, and honestly, that includes your branding and the meaning behind your company. And, you know, it if you have nowhere to start because starting a business can be so extremely overwhelming, I suggest starting with the who, what, when, where, and whys. I think that you should get a journal, you should write it down, you should really think about it, about your company and what that personality is going to look like for your company. It's huge. And I think you should build your business in bite-sized pieces. I think that slow and steady wins the race in this case. And it's not something you need to be fast with. So the first step I am going to talk about is the who. Who are you selling to? Who are we marketing to? Who would want to buy such a product or service? Um, I think that this, of course, is the biggest identifier at the beginning of any business. Usually we run across this by happenstance. Uh, we get put into a situation like me with my sales companies or a conversation and you realize that there is a need or a want in the market that we could fill. Um, you know, something gets really popular on TikTok and you're like, wow, there's actually a lot of people doing this, but I think I could do it this way. So, you know, a lot of it is happenstance. When I was talking about business with my father, there was always this conversation of you find a need and fill it. So I think that for such a long time, personally, I would kind of think of needs randomly. I would just think of things randomly that would be like, oh, that would be a great need. I should just fill that instead of, oh, this is a situation I am familiar with, which I think is what made me so passionate about my marketing company and what made me want to do it so bad. Um, because it was like, wow, I see this firsthand. I personally see this. So it happening by happenstance, I think really actually helped me rather than just thinking something up. I read this quote the other day in LinkedIn that said, we are entrepreneurs because we always look for a solution to a problem. And 
That really pushed me to believe that even though I have heard no a million times, it does not mean that it shouldn't be fixed and that we should not continue to push the product that we are trying to push. And it's honestly so cool to have that clarification because that first exciting nudge to start something and follow an idea you really believe in you start sharing your ideas and you watch other people get excited. You buy business cards and you start doing market research. And with my podcast, it's all been about getting feedback on content and seeing other people's eyes light up when they love a particular episode. It's so exciting. Like I I do have to say a little side story. I got a message from one of my very dear friends. He sent me a message about my podcast. He had just listened to an episode he really liked. And he just said, you know, I'm not a business owner. I have no desire to become a business owner. But when I listen to some of your episodes, I actually relate to them so much deeper than just owning a business. It just warmed my heart. It just meant a lot to me. You know, and I think that 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 is what pushes us to keep going. You see someone else's eyes light up about your idea, something that you have created out of thin air, and it's an insanely incredible idea. And if you are a dedicated entrepreneur, the who can be the most amazing step. Pulling your what together can be a little frustrating. (laughs) At least it was for me. It was very irritating kind of getting that whole thing together, but I think it really clears up your goal and it makes every other step coming after it so much easier. So getting specific with your what, I mean, it's, it's tedious and honestly still have trouble time to time. It absolutely will help you in the long run for what you're selling, what your purpose is, what you have to do for market research and figure out price and labor. And it's it's just it's a constant ever changing factor. And you want to make sure you get paid and also make sure you can build a competitive market so that you can get business. The what is also commonly known as your niche. I hired a business coach twice now, and she has capitalized on the importance of finding your niche and find what you're trying to do with your business and really honing in on the specifics. After going through the process of finding your niche, for me, it was really hard. When I hired her the first time, I was kind of just on this journey of becoming a health coach and sort of just doing it because I felt like, okay, this is the next step. This is my next step. And this is what I'm going to do. And I just got so addicted to like being my own boss that I really didn't think it through that much. I didn't think of so many other variables that came with being a business owner. So I talk about this in previous episodes previous episodes, but that was basically my first main step was, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a health coach. So when we started setting up meetings, she was like, okay, over the next couple of weeks, I want you to figure out what your niche is. And I'd be like, okay, well, I want to be a health coach for women. And she's like, well, that's still very, very, very broad. Like try and bring that down. 
So then I was like, okay, I want to be a health coach for overweight women. And she was like, that is still very, 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 very broad. So it was very hard for me to kind of break that down and become some, like find some passion in my niche. So that kind of goes along with also saying, you know, I was just kind of looking for anything that I could fill. And that was something that I could fill was being a health coach. And I knew how to be in the gym very comfortably. So I thought that I was good for this. And it it just, it didn't work out in my favor. You know, I, I couldn't find my niche. I wasn't passionate about it, but it was one of the things that my business coach pushed the most, which makes sense. Because like I said before, everything will follow so much easier if you have a very, very clear understanding of your niche. But I think what the next most complicated step is, is figuring out your when. Um, your when can be extremely intimidating. I think that it's a very difficult thing for people to process. And I think it's, it's basically we procrastinate it all the time. (laughs) Just like most big commitments in our life, there's never, ever a good time to start a business. It's either kids or school or maybe even money usually money. And we let that take over our life. To be honest, I think it's a way that we run away from our fears. And don't get me wrong. I absolutely do it too. I do it with my podcast. Sometimes I procrastinate episodes because for some reason or another, I every time I get behind the mic, I get really anxious, even though it's me and my dog in my living room. I <laughs> I don't have anyone staring at me. I don't have anyone around me right now. It's just something I get anxious about. So sometimes I literally pull it off. Sometimes I literally put it off until the night before it needs to be published. Or sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to wake up at 5 a.m. on a Thursday morning, do it, record it, edit, and then send it off. But that is not a great way to do things. Um, It doesn't get a lot of productivity and it's a crutch. And We're able to tell people when they ask why we haven't taken that leap yet, oh, it's just, it's not the right time. Well, I I dare you to think of the perfect time to start a business. Like, when when would that be? (laughs) There really is no perfect time to start a company. And, you know, maybe after you win the lottery and you have nothing but time, But the odds of that happening are 1 in 292,201,338. And you can bet your ass that I Googled that. Um, But (laughs) uh, point is, even if that's a little off, it's slim pickings out there for the lottery. So don't let that be an excuse, okay? I'm not saying it won't happen, but you might as well get your ass in gear and start your business until it does, just in case, just in case you don't win the lottery. Plus, you don't know where you'll be in a year. If you started your business today and then 365 days from now, you'll already be a year into your company. That's a year of progress. That's huge. Sometimes a year doesn't do a lot, but I mean, the amount of stuff I have learned in one year 
there's not a lot of action that's been taken, but I have learned so much that I can, from my marketing company, that I can apply to my podcast, that I can apply to my next business venture. So please don't procrastinate. Just, just, just don't do it. (laughs) Um, you could blow up by then. Plenty of people do. So take the leap. And the where, I'm not going to say it's not important, but it I just don't think it's really that in depth. It just depends on if you're looking to do brick and mortar or online and travel your little heart out. So <laughs> I'm sure choosing a where for your company if you're stationary can be very stressful. Um, I personally did choose a business where I can travel. So like if I wanted to move anywhere, I absolutely could in a heartbeat. Or if I wanted to go, you know, to Europe, I mean, I do have a dog, but for the most part, I could probably go places. Um, I actually did an interview a few weeks ago with Nakia And she talks about, she doesn't necessarily have a brick and mortar, but she has a Colorado-based company that's not necessarily able to move to other states. So when she chose, like she knew she was in love with Colorado. And we talk about that on the episode a little bit about how that's kind of scary, how dedicated she has to be to Colorado in order to open a business here. And she was like, you know what? I absolutely love it here. I don't know if I could open a business where I had to stay in that state and absolutely just, you know, be there, be dedicated to that state because I am just, I feel like I'm, I just travel. I like to move around a lot. It's, I like to try new things. I like to go new places. It's just a fun thing I love to do. So I I don't know if I could personally do that, but if you have anything on brick and mortar, I'd love to hear that. (laughs) I think it would be very interesting. Um, But don't, don't let the complications of choosing a brick and mortar, you know, slow down your dreams. Absolutely go for it. I think that, you know, there, there might be a few more steps than what I could speak to, but don't let it stop you. Go do it. And, I think that leaves us with our why. (laughs) Um, Last but not least, why are you doing this? Why did you decide to start your own company? Did you have a bad experience with your last job? I know that the company before my marketing business, I did not enjoy. And that just sparked me that much more. That just got me that much more excited to start my own company because I was so, so, so unhappy at the company that I was working for. Um... Are you insanely skilled at something and knew it was your calling to pursue it? Either way, you are amazing and you should run with what you want to do. It's scary, but it'll be well worth it when you are making money because you worked your ass off. You did not give up on yourself. Um, I, I watched a speech that Snoop Dogg made. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. Um, thanking himself for not giving up and working hard to get to the top. And I honestly thought that that was so beautiful. You know, some people might think that's really tacky or like, you know, selfish or I I don't even know, but I think that's really cool to give yourself a pat on the back that publicly, like one day when I am 
hopefully this podcast takes off and you know there's a ton of listeners I'm definitely going to pat myself on the back I work my butt off here and I have a marketing team that's working their butt off and I love them for that and they mean so much to me but I mean even as like quoting my marketers she says there would be no content without you so (laughs) I think it's important to take a step back appreciate those I mean of course, you know, you have your friends, your family, your support group helped you get there, but it wouldn't exist if it weren't for you. Don't forget to thank yourself and your successes at every milestone and keep pushing. And even if you don't own a business or have no desire, or even if you're teetering back and forth between starting a business or wanting to be an entrepreneur or being an employee and working the nine to five, like, As you go through milestones, like let's say you learn a new thing on your computer for your business for doing Excel or something, I don't know, you need to pat yourself on the back for that too. Like don't forget these little milestones. Um, I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day because I still have a job. (laughs) I still have a job that has nothing to do with my podcast. And we were talking about how we don't get pat on the back enough. We don't get told we're doing an amazing job enough. So I think that needs to be talked about more and we should be more confident in praise and we should be in that moment. Like when I talk about my burnout episode, be in that moment and be excited and happy for yourself. And you know what? Next day, work your ass off again and keep going. But in that moment that you learned something or, you know, you figured something out, I am constantly learning new things about editing. I am consistently figuring out how to edit better, edit my videos better, um, make better content or, you know, make the sound better on my recording system, everything like that. So just take those times and be like, hell yeah, I figured that out. I did that. I made that first sale. I made that second sale. I'm on my fifth, 10th, 100th. You know what I mean? The program that I use to upload my podcast is called Buzzsprout and it will tell me all those milestones too. So that definitely helps. That is always extremely exciting when I get an email and it's like, you just got your 100th download. It's like, oh my God, what? Like, <laughs> uh, my podcast has been listened to a hundred times. That's crazy. So it's just... It, take those moments. Love those moments. It's, it's so surreal and it's so crazy. Um, and go get a journal, write down your who, what, when, where, and why's of your company and take it in bite-sized pieces. There's no reason to look at this huge task and believe that you can do it without breaking it down a little bit. No one was, you know, We had to all fall off our bikes before we learned how to ride a bike or roller skates or even just learning how to walk. We all fell down first before we actually went and we walked and we ran and did everything that way. So take your time. It's okay. Starting a business is hard. Doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means that maybe you need more practice. Maybe you need more time. Maybe you need to go at it a different way. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Just stay on task. (laughs) all right that was a very passionate episode um i was really excited to record that one i worked very hard i typed this all up um 
Thank you so much. Uh, I do have a new Instagram and a new TikTok. It's just the underscore business underscore apothecary. And I am posting content now. It's very exciting. Everything is just coming together. Music is by Matthew Kim. So thank you so much for listening to my podcast, The Business Apothecary. Again, I am your host, Rachel Bueller, and I hope you got your daily dose of business. Bye.